Hey everyone, welcome to the Fit CFO Show. I'm Amanda Hankwist, and together with my husband, Sean, we wanted to create this podcast so that our audience could learn from some of the industry's best fitness professionals and to also give online entrepreneurs a place to learn financial success. We have years of experience in the fitness industry and specialize in finance. Together, we hope to bring you the best of both worlds. We'll be releasing a new episode every single Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications because you don't want to miss a thing. I'm so excited to bring to you my great friend, Tracy Gardner. Tracy is the chief change maker. Tracy is a serial entrepreneur and healthy business strategist. She is the CMO on demand and digital strategist for 316 Strategy Group. Tracy is full of life and energy, and I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Let's welcome Tracy to the show. Well, I want to start out letting our audience know that both of us have weird voices going on, have getting over whatever the heck we have going on. I don't know. You know, mine, it's been interesting. I had either sinuses and it's been about over four weeks and then it Mm -hmm. must've went to a head cold. I want to talk about, um, so I don't know if you've listened to any of our recent podcasts, but I really enjoy hearing what inspired people specifically entrepreneurs in the health and fitness space to get started into the health and fitness space. Cause I feel like oftentimes it's not like we just wake up one day. It's a lot of times we've all gone through some kind of a journey that has compelled us to help other people. And, you know, you have such an interesting story. I would love it if you'd share a little bit about what has brought you into this space. Absolutely. And it's really evolved from where I was to where I am now. Mm-hmm. But a little background, I was the overweight, just very chunky little girl and struggled with weight, you know, most of my life and struggled with my own insecurities. And later, as I grew up, um, my brother actually had uh, leukemia, passed away. And I knew at that point in my life, and that's been 14 years ago, I knew that I needed to make some changes personally. And that's kind of when I was beginning my quest with changing, you know, how I was eating, um, how I was doing things in my life, and incorporated more of a healthier, more fit lifestyle. And I was never an athlete back in the day and more of the cheerleader. And so we didn't back then really back in my day, work out or do the conditioning that they do now. So I started lifting weights in my thirties after my first or my third baby was born. And so I really changed my body composition and changed how I was looking at things. And we had a lot of diabetes in our family, as well as other things. And so I knew I had to make some major changes in my health if I wanted to do something. Did my weight change a lot? Not really at that point in adulthood, but did it change my composition completely? Yes. I love, um, I love hearing this because when I, as long as I've known you, it's such a surprise to me to hear that you ever struggled with weight because 
I know you now, and I've known you for, gosh, I don't know, a super long time, not on the level that we know each other now, but I'd known of you. And what has always kind of drawn me to you is you appear to be another female who lifts weights, which when I started lifting weights, I was literally like the only woman on that side that I'm using quote air quotes here, that side of the gym. And now it has shifted and there's a lot of women over there, which I love, but I think that's what initially uh, has drawn me to you is you weren't just this skinny girl. Like you had muscle, you looked like you lifted weights. And, and to me, you've always been this healthier version, um, with the composition that you, you have. So, um, I, I just think that shows that if you have struggled for a good chunk of your life, um, it's never too late to, to make that shift. Um, it's all up to you and what you decide to do. Absolutely. And you can begin at any age, mm-hmm. you know, and like I said, mine really started at 31. That was when I changed. I'm 52 now. So, you know, I love uh, your uh, post that you made the other day that 50 is the new F word. That is awesome. <laughs> I love it. It is the new F word. <laughs> It's been That's- about 20 years for me since I've looked well over 20 years now since I started the journey and never have looked back. I love that. And I, I think, uh, I think the, the thing that I like to at least get through is it's not a light switch. Um, it doesn't happen instantaneously, you know, even with people that seem to have like health scares it's something that takes practice. Um, you know, I, I like to compare it to the, the baby that learns how to walk. They fall down a lot, but they don't just say, screw it. I give up, but they keep trying to walk and eventually they succeed. Right. So, uh, it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that takes years of, of, um, just trying and failing and trying again. You nailed it. It is a lot of people look at it when they're going through maybe a weight loss journey, that they're going to, they want to lose the weight and then it's just, they're done. They've hit that goal. Mm -hmm. It's really about, it's not about goals. It's just the journey. Yeah. And that journey never really ends. And yeah, I really want to take it through and that lifestyle. It can take up to two years to really develop the habits. Mm -hmm. And it's just right. Right. Like these six week, six week challenges, I think one thing to realize is they're great to get you like that initial like motivation, but you know, six weeks isn't long enough to change a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's good to get started, but if you do six weeks and you go right back to your old habits, you're going to go right back to your old body, your old, you know, way of eating everything. And so while six weeks is great, it's not enough. Um, you've got to build that momentum over, like you said, it can take two years. And even after two years, you'll still find yourselves in slumps for weeks at a time, even. Oh, you, you just, you just spoke my language there. So we have ebb and flow, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we are all in Mm -hmm. and sometimes we're not. And I still, my all in is maybe 85%. Yeah, absolutely. I, I keep a window because Honestly, and people, you know, sometimes you'll talk to people and they'll say, you know, well, it's outside of my control. Truly, it's in our control Mm -hmm. of what we choose. But 
that idea of, you know, it is consistency. It's like uh, the book Atomic Habits. It's the 1% changes that you're making along the way that, and it's more important. And I was in the weight loss and weight management space for 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. And that was, it was more important to me once they lost the weight to keep it off. Yeah. That part is where it's a slippery slope. Well, because I think it's so easy when I don't want to say easy, however, it's motivating when you're seeing a reward, you're seeing whether that's inches or, uh, different clothing sizes or, um, you know, the scale going down, like that's, that's motivating, right? You're seeing the reward, but what happens when you hit a plateau or what happens when you're just done losing those kind of numbers, that's when the real work, in my opinion, starts. Oh, absolutely. It's it's the discipline. Mm-hmm. Motivation is one thing, but discipline's another. Yep. In fact, we are now, I have to be honest, we were starting the 75 hard challenge. Yes, I was going to bring that up. What compelled? So let's back up a second, because I feel like yep. you're gonna, there's a but coming in here. But let's start with what compelled you to, because I do this sometimes too. I'll be like, I'm going to try this thing or, you know, that's just kind of how all these, um, I guess when you learn new things, you're trying new things. So what compelled you to want to do the 75 hard? You know, I've seen some people really do some great things and it is a mental challenge. This is not a fitness challenge. And so do I do most of the things on there most of the time? Normally anyway, that's one thing my husband and I were talking about is I feel like we, for the most part, live that 75 hard, um, but mentally, you know, cause there's, there's other things involved that's not just physical or eating, right? There's, I guess you can elaborate on that. Yeah, absolutely. So it is the, the key thing with it is that you're not, you pick a diet, any diet, there's no cheating. Um, no alcohol for 75 days. You're reading at least 10 pages of a, you know, self-help or some kind of stimulating growth book. It can't be audible. I do a lot of audibles. I do too. Yeah. So the reading, um, taking your picture before and after a gallon of water a day. So this is visually, they can't see it, but I'm got my big jugs of water. Yep. Water can be a struggle if I'm with clients. And yeah. well, cause you like not just the drinking part, but having to stop and pee. <laughs> right. And now the workout is two workouts mm-hmm. that are 45 minutes each and one, one outside. Is, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you mess up any on any day, you start over. It's not like make an excuse. So I'm going to be honest. I have to start over. I got so sick that Yesterday was the day I could not, I was like, I couldn't go outside. Mm-hmm. Even though I was sick the other days, now I worked out already this morning. Yeah. Yesterday I was actually so sick that, I, you know, I was like, it was that worst day that yeah, I didn't like that make it through. Mm-hmm. So now, have I done everything else on it? Yes. But 
to be truthful, you have to start back over. So that's the principle of the challenge. I think you learn um, something new about yourself every time you do, like every time I go through competition prep, I learn something so amazing and so new, but it's, I've taken myself so far outside my comfort zone. It completely sucks at the moment, right? Like you don't want to go outside when it's 20 degrees and you don't feel good. Right. But you learn that, okay, I'm kind of proud of myself that I actually did that. And I really didn't want to. And then it becomes a little bit easier the next time. You are exactly right. Nobody, you know, and a lot of people compare and they probably look at you, Amanda, when you go to the gym and they're like, she's just lucky or she, you know, they have no idea how long you've been doing it, Mm -hmm. how long you've perfected it. Well, and how many times, how many times I've gone when I did not want to. Yes. And how many times I didn't go when I didn't want to, like, I actually didn't do it. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? But I don't do it. I don't not do it so many times in a row. You know what I mean? I only allow it to go so long before I'm like, all right, got to get back to it. (laughs) Absolutely. Because there are going to be times. And if you're not in your competition prep or whatever, you know, and I've not went down that road and I commend you for that because that is. But I will say competition prep makes life easier. And, And hear me out when I say that there's no gray area. You do it or you don't. It's black or it's white. You're going to compete or you're not going to compete. You're going to do the things and step on stage and be your absolute best or you're not. When you don't have that goal, it's a hundred percent gray area all the time. You have so many choices. You have the requirement of so much self-discipline. So people say that, you know, oh, I could never do that. I commend you. But at the same point, I challenge people to think about that a little differently. Competition prep makes your life easy. It it, or I shouldn't say easy. It makes your life simple. Does that make sense? Like it, it does. Cause it's, it's like, and, and I, okay. I do agree with that. I will, when I was in that weight loss space, people did better when they had this structured program yeah. of the weight loss, there's an air quotes phase. So when they had that part of it, they were did very good. Yep. Now, when we gave gave them freedom, you give a little more flexibility. The slippery slope. Mm-hmm. It is. So when you have black and white, you do better than gray. Mm-hmm. So if you're good at setting, and it's anything in life, if you have a plan, a strategy, and a roadmap to get there, you're going to do better than just throwing it up there. Like I want to lose ten pounds. By when? How? What do you well, I, do? I feel like this is almost a perfect transition into our discussion about being an entrepreneur, because I think a lot of people that are maybe like nurses or teachers or, or people that have to clock in and out, look at an entrepreneur like, oh my God, your life is so lucky. Like it's so, yeah, but like, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't have anybody telling me what time I need to go to work. I don't have anybody telling me what to get done or what not to get done. I could sit on my freaking couch and eat chips all day if I wanted to. Right. So it is a challenge because a, you don't have anybody telling you or showing you or giving you a roadmap of what to do. You literally have to pave the road yourself and then have the discipline to actually do it. 
So let's talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. So, and I've been this, you know, I've been the employee for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. Yep. grew up with entrepreneurs and had, you became more of a serial entrepreneur myself. And yeah, that drives there, but you're right. It is not, it looks glamorous on the outside. And specifically, if you're a solopreneur, that can even be more challenging in the beginning because you're playing multiple roles. Yeah. You're depending on your budget, you're um, learning to do things, things that you're not as good at. And when it's time to scale, you know, you're, you know, it's there are even you know, more roles. <laughs> there are. And so, you know, you may be, and so speaking of like their, the nurses are different things, you know, I've trained many great nurses and people that wanted to coach and, you know, be in the weight loss space, yeah, but yeah. the marketing side, the business side is where they struggled Yeah, and wanted that roadmap. And so I ended up being more of a coach for years yeah. And giving them a roadmap. And well, a which lot of them life so much easier because I feel like it's like I'm a checklister. Yep. You know, a checkoff. I love like I'm a lister. Like if I have a good list, I can be super productive. But let's say I've done all the things and I don't have a list in front of me, I'm like, shoot, I could go down and watch reels for a half hour and then not get anything accomplished, you know? So it's, it's very difficult. And, and I like what you said, when you are a solopreneur, I think it's almost harder. Whereas if you have a team, like you're not going to let those people down on your team, they're counting on you to pave the way for them. So that's almost easier too. But yeah, when you're just this I don't want to say just because like you said, you wear many, many hats when you're a solopreneur. You do. And I am currently a solopreneur. I've had teams I've had, you know, I've had brick and mortars that I've owned. So, you know, and knowing when to scale or knowing when to bring on what we call the virtual assistants or, you know, when you can afford to do that and what you're not good at you know, kind of knowing where your genius zone is and yeah, like stuff that you can easily accomplish effectively and efficiently. Obviously maybe you should be doing that task, something that makes you feel like you got to pull out your fingernails in order to do it. You should probably hire that one done. Yeah. And in the beginning, you know, I get it. You know, you, we, you have to learn some things and mm-hmm. just like you were saying, when you're doing prepping for shows, And have done it for years or even like our, the lifestyle we lead, Mm -hmm. you know, you get better by practicing. Yeah. So it's, if you label yourself as something like, you know, I am a, you know, uh, a a writer and, or I hate to write and, you know, we can all learn to write content. Now is content writing as the entrepreneur for, you know, marketing website. Is that my favorite thing to do? No, 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 no. Um, You need to get better at it. And it's just an exercise you do. And how do you get better at it? You do it. You do it. And those are things that I have worked on over the years of, you know, you'd want to procrastinate on those things, but it's like, no, we're just going to 
we're going to try it, but you don't beat yourself up. You just, you know, keep moving along. And again, as you can afford it as that entrepreneur, bring on the right staff Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be full-time help. It is, there's literally at our fingertips nowadays, we can have, there's so much talent out there. Um, Well, especially like virtual assistants and things, because then you're not having to W2 employees. You're not having to worry about, you know, matching and payroll and, uh, you know, all of these things. Like you can literally go on to Upworks and say, Hey, I need somebody to design a, I don't know, whatever, um, a blog post for this subject and you'll have 20 bids on it. Right. And, you know, so there's just so many amazing tools. And then, you know, like we've talked our fit CFO product with the bookkeeping and the tax prep. I mean, me, that's not something as a business owner, I enjoyed or was good at, or probably had any business doing at that moment in time. And my business started improving tremendously when I hired that part of my, my work out. Um, and so know when you obviously have to have the resources, right? Because when we're a startup and we have, let's say maybe two or $3,000 coming in, you, you, you just kind of have to work off some spreadsheets and, and figuring things out. But once you're able to scale, know when it's probably the best decision for you and your business to move on from that particular task. Yeah, it, it is. And it's um, letting go of some control. Mm, yeah, That's always been one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see that about a, you. A jack of all <laughs> trades. And I yeah. think very fast. Yeah. And so finding the right fit. And that's another thing that I was just going to touch on. The wonderful thing about a VA, it's not like the employee that you, you want to find a good match, just like any teammates that you hire. So let's say you are wanting, you know, an entrepreneur that is hiring teammates instead of the, you know, 1099 type of situation. Either way, you want to make sure that it's a good fit and understand how you work, how they work. Because well, think of how much how much time, money, effort, training you're you're physically and financially investing into an individual that may or may not work out. Yes. But also one thing to realize the difference between a W2 employee and a 1099 contractor. And and I have a whole post written up that I uh will be posting by the time this this uh, piece comes out, but there's huge differences there. I mean, you can't give them working hours. You can't give them specific duties. You can't tell them, you know, specifically what, how, when, I mean, there's so many things as a 1099 that, that is a benefit for your business, but there's also things that you, you can't be doing with it too. Uh, Yes. And I've been on both sides because I've been a 1099 contracted uh, staff member for, oh goodness, 12 years. And that's Mm -hmm. usually how I work is. 1099. Yeah. And there are some lines that get crossed. Yeah. And it's not necessarily as meant to be, but you have to be really cautious of that. Right. And that's one thing I just love about you and why I wanted to have you because you have seen so many sides. Like you said, you, you were an employee, you have been a W2, right? You have been the solopreneur, which you are now, but you've also, um, done franchises, correct? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you like you've seen so many different realms um, so far. Like, what is what's your favorite? Like, what do you think works best for you, and why? 
Oh, that's a good question. You know what? And I base it off what works best for me now. Yeah. In my life. And so when I had to pivot with some major changes that came down the pike with 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. yeah. That was a big shift. It was a big shift. And I had to make career changes. And because um, you traveled before you're doing what you and you travel a lot now, but you pretty much traveled constantly. Right. right. 2020, and, right. Right. And with the previous uh, organization that I was with, it went from years of being 1099 to being an employee. And so, okay. the, and we kind of, the transition was just awkward. And then it changed, COVID changed things and they wanted, you know, me to move. And so it was just a lot of things changed with the company. So it was just time to, you know, split and part ways. Right. So I reinvent myself and like many of us during COVID. And at this age, I had decided I wanted, I was really going to be picky with my time and who yeah, I work. Absolutely. And what brought me joy, what I'm really good at. And it's still, I'm still unpacking those things. Right. But I don't, you think you will forever be like, I just don't think that's something that's going to end. You know, there's not really an end date, not on that. There shouldn't be an end date. And I love learning. So that's part of it. And a lot of people, I work very different than others. And it was always interesting when people would, you know, make comments about, you know, you need more work-life balance. Well, we all have a different, oh, you know, what do I need to change? But I didn't, I didn't have, I did not comment back or say, well, maybe you need to speed it up or maybe, you know, that, that would have been just rude. And that's stepping outside my lines. You know, I say, stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. And it is, it's uh, really about, we we all have a different bandwidth we can handle. Yeah. It's just really understanding. uh, Like, I know I can't multitask like I used to. And I should have probably never multitasked to the level I did. And I know when I need to take a break. I know when I need to meditate. And that meditating. But you uh, wouldn't have learned those things had you not pushed those boundaries in the past, right? So, I mean, how do we know when that is for us? I knew when I was, it's just like anything, when you fall on your face. Mm-hmm. You get up, you dust off and you're like, okay, I got to pivot. That, <laughs> that one did not work. But I just, you know, not that we ever enjoy going through those refinement moments, but the darkest hour is, is the light it's, and that's true with entrepreneurship. That's true with health journey. That's, that's true with so many things like that refining moment it oftentimes is the best thing that's ever happened to us because it has transitioned us for the better. You know, that transformation is true. And I often tell people just trust the process, trust the process, walk in faith, however you want to call it. When you get to the other side and it's when you get to the other side. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Cause I always say not if, but when it is when, and when you get there, you, you will feel it and you might not know, and you don't know the how and the when, mm-hmm. but just keep going. And one day it becomes easier. It becomes, and you realize, and you're grateful that you did go through that 
road bump. You did go through those things yeah. because where you are on the other side and the lessons you learned. And it's if we if we keep doing the same thing, that's, you know, insanity, basically. It is. <laughs> and if it's the little small changes, if you don't make them, you're going to be in the same place and tell the same story. Yeah. When I think and I love that you, little small changes, I call them bite sized pieces. People think that you have to make these big, audacious, huge mountain moving changes. And if you try to do that, you're going to end up five steps backwards. And so it really is, okay, what is the one next little thing that I need to do to move the needle, right? It's what's the one little next thing. So I crack up because, and I I crack up because I tell my husband this all the time. I'm like, do you know how much I've, I've hated accounting and this whole like thing of it in the past. I waited until my very last semester in college to take accounting. That's how much I hated accounting. And now I literally do it for a living. Like I eat, breathe, sleep, learn every piece of material in in regards to it that I possibly can, but it's overwhelming. And, and so when I started going down this side of things, I knew like, I just have to learn a little bit every day, a little bit, because it's so overwhelming to me otherwise. That is the approach I've taken years ago. I was the go all in, go big or go home. Mm-hmm. I still can have that mentality. Oh, yeah. but <laughs> I think it's hard for people like us to not be that way, right? All or nothing. Right. But but the magic is in those small things. And so I don't beat myself up. Mm-hmm. I just am like, look at just every little thing I do. And I question, is this moving the needle? And I call it when I'm working with clients um, and I've often been called like the healthy biz strategist, because since I'm not in the weight loss and wellness space anymore, but I'm in the marketing and the consulting. Yeah. I moved it over to the, you know, I'm helping businesses get healthy in. I love that. And honestly, like that is so like correlative between like what you do and what we do. Really. It's so funny. It is because (laughs) it's so ironic. You're working with the, the financial piece, which is a huge part. Yeah. And one of my clients the other day, I'm doing the marketing Mm -hmm. and I was, the conversation was, are you managing the money? Mm -hmm. Well, not like they need to. And it's the same with marketing. It's the same with our, it's all the wheel. Yep. And if you can't measure it, can't manage it. And have a bumpy wheel. (laughs) I've had some bumpy wheels. I have some lumps and bumps myself. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So when we do the, like where I am now, it is helping people just to know on the business side of things, keeping them healthy in all areas of their life, mindset to their health, to their, their finances. And you and I both are in that space of, working with businesses. Yeah. So we're in the health and wellness and we have a love for it. And now where it transitions is everything we've learned there, plus all the years of our own, you know, in it, it, plus the business the you know, being an employee to being a business owner to ops, to everything we learn and now taking it to help people to do 
better where we're experts. Isn't it insane how like mirrored or how many analogies of health and fitness to one's business is, right? I mean, it's just, it's so like consistency is key, small steps at a time, discipline, you know, all of those things are so mirrored in the form of having a healthy business and a, and a healthy lifestyle. That is, I used to tell coaches that maybe owned practices or, and they'd gained some weight back mm-hmm. and their business suffered mm-hmm. because their self-esteem and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah. they weren't practicing the everyday things to the, you know, to keep changing by 1% and make the long-term changes and where it affected them along the way. And so everything you, you nailed it, everything that we do in our own physical health and the discipline carries over to everything else in our life. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is, you know what, if today wasn't a win, what can we do tomorrow to, to make sure we don't have two non-winning days in a row? Like, oh, well, let's move on. Like we don't have to extra punish ourselves the next day. And, and I'm talking yeah. business and lifestyle. I'm not just talking, you know, your lifestyle, but you know, cause I've definitely had days that were not very productive and I'm not very proud of myself and I'm in a crappy mood because of it. I may be a little more short with my family at the end of the day. And, and it's all relative that I didn't do my best. And so I'm not feeling my best about that, but I'm not yeah. going to let it happen too much, you know, too many days in a row. And I remember being younger and having young kids at home and it, it did affect me more and the trajectory that I put on them. Now I've let it go because you're going to have some good days and you're going to have some bad days. And I usually have three nuggets I'm trying to hit in the day. And I, you know, and you can easily push those aside if they're things that you want to procrastinate on. And so I try to get those done first. And so are they like, are they like three nuggets? Like as in, you have it planned out, you know, it's going to move the needle. And if you've accomplished those things, you know, it's a win. If you get more than that done, cool, extra credit. That's how, and I used to do that even in weight loss. They'd come in and they'd be like, well, I'm going to work out seven days a week. <laughs> and they haven't worked out like for a year. Right. And yeah. it's like, okay, how about we do, you know, just tie your shoes and walk into the gym door. (laughs) That is a big deal. Let's, you know, (laughs) yes, cheers, you hit it. And anything else is a bonus. And so, and the moving the needle, there was one thing, and I was going to mention this earlier, you know, a lot of times we get these ideas and then we want to be tactical or we're watching someone else and we're like, oh, I should be doing this, this, and this. Yeah. You have to look, and I call it putting it in the parking garage. Okay. Because if it's something that is not going to move the needle now, and mm. it's just that little bright, shiny thing that we all love, mm. you have to really. It makes look you at feel it good by getting it done, but yet it's probably not going to do much. Right. So does that go in the parking garage, or if your if your to do list is so long? So a lot of people get in that whole to-do list to check, 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 check. And then they feel a failure because yes. they didn't get through the check, 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 checks. There's that's okay, but it's like or you put something a priority. Or you put something on there that you know is not feasible for you to actually accomplish that day. 
you know, cause I've done that. And then like, why put that disappointment on myself? I know I'm not going to be able to do that. That's unrealistic. And that's where, if you realize that yourself, I'm not going to build a website in one day. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. And I used to do that and I disappoint myself. Cause I, yes. And I, I would put this to do list together in the past and have like 30 things on it. There are days I've gotten to two. Right. Right. Because there's disruption, there's interruption. Now that's another whole thing. What do you allow? Right. Boundaries. Yes. You are one girl that is a, and I commend you on that. And that's been a learning thing for me, but you know, your boundaries. I do some days better than others, but yes. (laughs) And, you know, and sometimes I've offended people by setting up those boundaries. Um, you know, like, Hey, if, if, you know, cause a lot of people know that I work for myself from home and they think that's a green card to just call whenever and chit chat. And, and I've had to say, Hey, if it's not an emergency, do you mind sending me a text? Um, you know, and I think it's about how you, how you set up those boundaries. Cause you don't want to offend people, right. You don't want to upset anybody, but yes, when, when you put those boundaries up, it's so weird how much more time you actually have. And that's one of the lessons with that 75 hard challenge Mm -hmm. because, you know, and I used to have this, I don't know about you, but when my mom's been retired for a while Mm -hmm. and so she just, you can call any time or my kids, mom, you're not answering mom, you're home (laughs) just because my office is in my home. You know, I have clients and so you know, putting up some of the closest people that the boundaries are. It is challenging. It is. And so, yes. Now, and I don't know if you've noticed, and I've noticed this as I've aged too, and it's really okay. My circle's gotten smaller. <laughs> and I'm really particular about who fills me up. Mm-hmm. And now I love people and I love, you know, to network. But and you love that a lot more than I love that. <laughs> I will say that I feel like uh, you, yes, but I circle small friend group 100%. I'm very careful about where I'm getting my energy from. Um, I very much keep to myself unless I feel like um, something needs to be said. Uh, if that makes sense. So like, I'm not one of those big socialites at the gym. If I feel like somebody is doing an amazing job and it would make them feel good. If I said something to them, then I will. Um, but I am not a candy thrower. That's woohoo. I'm here. Hey guys. Hey everybody. That's not me. I I'm not that way. Um, and I do have a very small friend circle. Yeah. Now I've changed that where I'm kind of an introvert extrovert. Yeah. I would say that about me as well. So I will give kudos if I see it and and, and they have, I, because you don't want to go to some like business event and be the weird person standing against the wall, right? You've got to turn that, that switch on. And so one thing that I've learned is if I know I'm not going to be able to dig up the energy for that, I probably just shouldn't go. Right. That's how I am. If yeah. it's, if it, if I'm not feeling it, it's just yeah. not the day. Right. And you know, I'm, we're selling all the time. That's what we do. Yeah. I mean, we're, you, 
I'm in sales positions and we're entrepreneurs. So, and we, everybody sells every day Yeah, and we're influencers, but I don't want to just be someone that's just out there throwing stuff out there. Right. I want it to be meaningful. I'm a very one-on-one conversationalist. Like I, I'm not a big group uh, conversation kind of person. I love to have deep, uh, I guess, intelligent conversations with people. You, yes. And so that is one thing I love my, the friends and people that you can go deep with. Well, and when you have a limit, very limited amount of time, I mean, you've got to be choosy with where that time goes. Yeah. Because I, I need to get enough sleep. Yeah. And you're traveling, you're traveling a lot still. Like, I mean, I think every time we try to set this podcast up, you're like, well, I'm in Florida or I'm, I don't know where the heck I'm going. You know, I messed up and I'm going to Nashville twice next week. (laughs) So one thing I love about you is I feel like you just live this overall healthy lifestyle in your business and Mm -hmm. just you overall, what are some non-negotiables that you have for yourself that keep you consistently moving that needle name one or two lifestyle and then one or two for your business. Okay. So non-negotiable for my personal lifestyle, I do lead a low carb life. And so I'm just going to leave it as blanketed there. I mean, I honestly, I'm the same way, but mine is for like, I have a really sensitive glucose issues. Yes. And I just sure feel, yeah, I don't feel that good. Um, and I'm sluggish. So I, I would agree with you. It's not that I think carbs are bad. It's just that I have a personal sensitivity to it. Yes. And I have, uh, blood sugar issues. And so I was pre-diabetic years ago. So mm-hmm. I do watch not yep. closely. I, I'm able to monitor and the carbs that, and the carbs that, and I don't, I assume you're this way. The carbs that I do have are very complex carbohydrates, yes. fruit, vegetables, whole grains, that kind of stuff. From years of where my story went from when I had eating issues growing yeah. up and was the overweight little girl, there are certain things that trigger me. Yep. And so I just know what works for me. Yep. And that's why I say stay in your lane, stay in mine. You know, if, if you can dabble on it, great. I just, I have to watch my sugars. Yep. Number yeah. one. And so that's a health reason. And, um, number two is I know there's certain things that are going to push me and I don't, I just know those. So I'm, you know, comfortable with that. The other, um, I do love my workouts. Mm -hmm. I'm not always, you know, hundred percent on, but I do like to move my body. Yeah. And meditation. I'm going to bring that in because Mm -hmm. it's quieting my mind. When I say meditation, it's, it helps me with productivity. It helps me if I go walk, clear my head, um, knowing yourself, yeah, knowing when your, when your bandwidth is about out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And because I think it's harder to avoid triggers when you are like out of energy or your bandwidth is, is about done. Well, Hey, I know your time is valuable and, um, we like, I always know it's going to be a good podcast when we could literally talk forever. So we just kind of have to cut it off and call it good. <laughs> I, know, I know. I forget. I'm like, I do have clients. That's okay. Your phone, your phone's starting to blow up. <laughs> All right, sister. Well, you get to feeling better. I appreciate you being on today. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. 
If you like this episode, please be sure to tune in every single Tuesday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on your notifications so you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram story, Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help others out there become the best versions of themselves. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high and keep each step attainable. Oh, 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 oh,